This is a podcast from the Business Times. Podcasts were one of the few sectors which may have benefited from the pandemic. However, in the US, arguably the largest podcast consuming market, for 2022, it saw for the first time in 10 years a drop in overall monthly listenership. Scuttlebutt is more publishers will consolidate their shows to reduce the number of feeds. But here at BT Podcast, looks like we might be doing the opposite increasing the number of podcast shows as the team expands. Hello, this is Editor's Talk, a podcast inspired by the Business Times column, Off the Record. I'm Howie Lim. And editors from across the newsroom of SPH Media discuss the different aspects of the modern media industry, from AI to digitalization to managing talents and everything in between. Today we speak to Clarissa Montero, podcast editor at the Business Times. And yes, yes, full disclosure... She's my boss, so pardon if I'm sounding a little stifferoo. Clarissa, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure, Howie, and this is going into your appraisal. I'm just saying. (laughs) I love it. So, Clarissa, you wrote off the record about this mountain you wanted to scale because you just came over from radio after spending quite a number of years there. This mountain you want to scale after taking on this job as podcast editor, what is it? And also what's at the peak? Okay, let me set some context for our listeners. I had been at radio for 16 years. I was very comfortable. So comfortable that I didn't recognize that I had stopped growing professionally. Then, when I was cruising the internet in 2019, I watched Andre De Shields in his acceptance speech receiving his first Tony after five decades in the industry, saying, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the next. So keep climbing. I watched that acceptance speech and it was an epiphany. That one statement has been a real inspiration to me to never stop looking for the next mountain to climb. So if you look at it that way, what's at the peak is the next challenge. Mm. You also talked about the first thing that you did was to build a new podcast Mm, studio. mm, mm. We didn't have any recording facilities here at BT Podcasts. What if that new studio didn't come through? Could you have then started to scale, expanding this team that we have now, if it didn't get built? To the first part of that question, not an option. We needed a studio. It wasn't a frivolous, vanity-based request. It was a real need. But let me go back a little bit. BT Podcast started out as an experiment. We had a few passionate journalists within the newsroom who recognized that podcast in the West in newsrooms there was a rapidly growing way of delivering newsroom content. But they weren't audio broadcast professionals. They were just guys who really loved the format, thought podcast was the next big thing, and that we here in BT needed to do it. So they started. They had no clue. They had no training. But they were mavericks, and I appreciate the fact that they did it because they actually put across some really nice product. But they started to realize that they needed to scale up. That's when they brought you aboard Hmm. to make sure that they were getting quality right. What they weren't doing and realized needed to be done, an audio professional like yourself could do for them. And then they brought me on board to start talking about scaling. And the early thinking was, Okay, double the manpower, that's you and I. Double the output, right? Not so fast. Because we need a dedicated audio facilities. I needed to convince leadership that it was going to take more than just the two of us to scale up meaningful quality content. So now coming back to what if it didn't happen? Again, not an option. 
And part of the reason why they hired me was they recognized the cowboy thug in me. (laughs) And they hired me anyway, so what can I say? And I can be pretty stubborn in the face of real need, right? Because I'm Singaporean. In the true spirit of what it means to be Singaporean, just look at what we have here. A new country, no natural resources. At the time, a tiny unknown island in the middle of the region surrounded by bigger countries. We would have been languishing a forgotten third world country if our pioneer generation weren't fearless. Go get us. I looked at it very similarly. Here's BT, a smaller newsroom than our bigger sister, or even the Chinese media group's newsroom. We had no facilities. We were two podcasters, and there were all these expectations of us doing stuff. So I kind of felt like Singapore at the start of Singapore's Mm. independence. What did they do? They didn't take no for an answer. You know, they had a vision and they went for it. There was no no. No was not an option. I was going to get my studio and my staff, whatever. Thankfully, we have chairman who told me to dream big. And I did. What will be your biggest hurdles looking ahead? I think the hurdle's going to change as we go along. It's fun to dream and formulate vision. It's kind of fun, right? Just sit back. Let's play. Wouldn't it be nice? But now it's time to put task to vision. We've had our time of wouldn't it be nice? The studio has been built. We've got more teammates. Now is where strategy, data analytics, content creation, planning comes off the drawing board and gets put to the test. Take this podcast series, for example. On paper, when I was thinking about it, editors talk seemed like a great idea. Long-running column online and in print. Why don't we have an accompanying podcast go deeper and carry on in conversation what perhaps wasn't said in 800 words in the article? That's on the drawing board. Extrapolating from 30 years of experience, now I can make an educated guess based on the data, based on listener feedback. But until we launched it last month, I couldn't be absolutely sure. Will BT consumers be interested? If they weren't, do I pull it? Do I tweak it? How much time do I give it? There are so many things that I needed to consider that I didn't have answers to and wouldn't have had answers to until we launched the podcast. Mm. Those are the hurdles that exist every day. We get over one, there's another one. Then we get into the territory of custom branded content. And all that actually means... It's a whole bunch of different hurdles, isn't it? Because we still have to maintain our integrity as journalists. But then you've got a client here saying, hey, I paid for custom content and I want my narrative to come out in the podcast. Juggling and balancing all those expectations and still delivering quality product that our consumers want is a hurdle in and of itself. While leadership then goes, move the needle on revenue. Mm. The hurdles are always there. Especially since we spend so much money on the new studio already, I know. right? Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about this segment graduating podcast that is Mm-mm-mm. the hype and the growth phase and heading into consolidation. What do you think this means for our unit? Podcast is a much more established information delivery format in the West than it is here. Those early journalists who thought, let's try podcasts in BT's newsroom. We're basing that on what kind of a runaway trend it was already in the West. So I'm not surprised that podcasters there are heading into consolidation territory. But we are years away from that eventuality in Singapore. Now, make no mistake, I know that it is an eventuality for our market as well. But for us right now, it's all about growth. It's all about fine-honing skills to deliver the best content we can. 
Let me give you something that inspires me and I look at these numbers all the time. According to PodTrack, the most downloaded news and information podcast publisher in the US is NPR. Their downloads are in excess of 180 million a month. That's like, wow. Imagine the bonus I would get <laughs> if I delivered those numbers. How large an office you would have. Indeed, and the staff at my disposal. But we're so far away from that. When we see, say, 0.5% of those monthly download numbers, then we can have a conversation about market maturity and consolidation. Right now, I don't think in Singapore, any of us media outlets have even scratched the surface of potential yet. And coming up, other big publications are cutting staff. Will BT Podcasts? Will AI and new tech replace humans? Will podcasters lose their jobs? More with Clarissa Montero, podcast editor of The Business Times, in a moment. Join senior correspondent Leslie Yee on Property BT for insights to help you on your property investment journey. Every fourth Thursday of the month, with your trusted partner for property information, go to bt.sg slash podcasts to download. And now, back to Editor's Talk from the Business Times. You feel as though growing this unit has been a bit like a pioneer, growing Singapore at the time, establishing Singapore. Singapore has always been that sort of open market that is going to be affected by the larger economies. And given arguably the US's largest consumer podcast territory, Mm -hmm. it's inevitable we'd look there to see trends and what's happening. So those big players have cut podcast headcount. Right. Your Spotify's of the world, your CNN's of the world. What's your take then? Because we seem to be, or you're saying, we need to still go in what would look like the opposite direction of them big guys. Those reports about the retrenchments and layoffs and and realignments of where podcast is and what it means within the core business of those newsrooms is something that I have looked at. And I look at it seriously because I'm planning the next three years, the next five years, the next 10 years of podcast here in BT. They are probably looking at it from the point of view of we've gotten so much better at producing this content, do we need this many people? So some of them have to go. And then there is, of course, the maturing market and consolidation aspect of their markets, which are years ahead of us. And that's my best guess because I'm not looking at the data they're looking at. I can't say beyond my best guess what's behind the layoffs, but that's my best guess. Let's talk about what kinds of people you want to hire. Mm. What do you look for in a podcast journalist? Say different from... A regular journalist, if you will, an online journalist, a, a pre You know, there is a preconceived idea within the newsroom that podcast journalists or you and I and our colleagues in podcasts aren't journalists, especially the older set of journalists. Their idea is if it's not in written form, it's not journalism. And the reality, as far as I'm concerned, is that needle moved a long time ago. Broadcast journalists are journalists operating under much higher pressure than print journalists. And just to explain it to someone who maybe isn't a journalist, if you are a print journalist doing an interview, you can sit down with someone, ask, say, 10 questions and go, thank you very much. We're done here. Go back to the newsroom, start writing your article and go, oh, I should have asked this follow-up question when he or she said that. They can email that person. They can ask for additional information. They can ask for verification. 
And this process could take a few hours, it could take a couple of days before that article is written. Broadcast journalists have got to have all the prep, all the questions, all the comeback questions ready in their heads when they sit down and do an interview if they're alive. There is no go back and ask later. You've got 10 minutes, you've got 15 minutes. If you didn't ask it, it's opportunity gone forever. And that urgency, that training to what broadcast journalists are expected to be able to deliver is what we need in podcasts. Hmm. As the modern newsroom progresses, they're going to need to be able to be in front of camera delivering a video, audio. They have to be social media savvy. They need to be comfortable working alongside AI as well. The skills are different. In fact, we joined radio when people used to say, We have a face for radio. That's right. (laughs) That was the whole point. But yeah, it is that. It is the comfort of being in front of camera, in front of different formats of news and information delivery. It is all-encompassing storytelling. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I am afraid AI will come take my job. And then what will I do? But everybody is afraid that AI will come and take their jobs. Everyone in every sector is worried about that. Even accountants So AI, and we're implementing some of that already. Mm -hmm. Some of our podcasts have our house voice, as we call it, which is an AI-generated voice, Mm -hmm. AI-powered podcasts that we have now. How else will, say, new tech fit into what we're already starting to do? We were the first podcasters here in Singapore to incorporate AI into our workflow. We also produced a six-episode branded content podcast series That was driven by AI, which included an AI host. And what was very heartening for me was our consumers weren't particularly disturbed by it. In fact, there were actually some people who didn't realize it was an AI host. So yeah, I could see where your concern would be. Uh, Am I going to lose my job to an AI? But AI and the development of technology is here to stay. We embrace it. We don't. We fight it. It's not going to change the fact that it's here to stay. So where to next? I think it won't be too long before we see AI visual hosts in videos. In other parts of the newsroom, they're looking at where it can be deployed. So I think that means journalists in not the too distant future are going to have to possess the skills to work alongside AI. That would be you as well. And that will open up, (laughs) I know, that will open up a very interesting question. Who fact checks whom? Does the AI fact check us? to ensure that we don't cut corners in our research and verification? Or do we fact-check the AI to ensure that fake news doesn't get through their filters? And that's where humans and AI will work together. We can't get rid of the human element of this interview, you know, the interaction between the two of us, and replace you with an AI. The AI can ask intelligent questions, But is the AI going to laugh if I made a silly, pithy joke? Ha, ha, ha. No, is the short answer. (laughs) We shouldn't be afraid of AI. We should embrace it, but also accept the limitations of AI and look at where the human becomes absolutely essential. I watched a fireside chat with Obama when he was in Singapore a few years ago, and he addressed exactly this. He asked a very simple question to the audience. If you are dying in hospital, would you want a robot nurse or an AI to be the one to comfort you as you slip away? Or do you want a human to hold your hand and tell you everything is going to be okay? Mm. 
And if you look at it from that point of view, there will always be a need for the human element in what any of us do. So we can embrace the technology without it threatening us. We just have to identify where us as humans belong in the equation. I still think Skynet Terminator is going to happen. <laughs> Maybe next year I'll send you to do an AI programming course. Joy. All right. Mm. We spent all this money mm -hmm. as a unit on this new studio, which was necessary. I get it. But then that brings into question, okay, how are you going to hit your KPIs? And bosses always love more revenue. Right? Yes, yes. So how much do you think podcasts will be part of the Business Times core business? Podcast is already delivering newsroom content in a complementary and meaningful way. Right now, if you look at it, we support the online and in-print columns of Genevieve Kwa, Leslie E, Ben Paul with their podcast content. But that is a support desk role. Any poly graduate in audio engineering or broadcast production can do that. For them, all we do for those three journalists is act as guest bookers, audio engineers, producers, creative admin. But BT Podcast today is more than that because the team in place is capable of generating content independent of the contribution from newsroom journalists. You and I are experienced broadcast journalists ourselves. We can and we do drive content. And that moves us out of support desk and into the role of business unit. Because we are able to generate content ourselves, here's the thing that is more interesting to our bosses we're also able to generate revenue mm. through custom-branded content without being at the mercy of newsroom journalists and their schedules. And that is a vulnerability in some of our competition that I hope they don't wake up to um, that soon. <laughs> <laughs> But I also see a bigger role for us to play in the newsroom in the very near future. As more and more consumers move into an on-demand news delivery and move away from scheduled broadcast clocks, we will have to explore becoming a news delivery format, perhaps along the lines of an audio version of Breaking News Desk. And that is my current journey of exploration, and that started with our newly launched Daily Market Closing Bell Micro Podcast. Which brings us back to your first question at the start of this conversation. Mountain. And more of an answer to it. All of this... Is part of my mountain to climb. I'm glad I'm hitched to your wagon. I'll be your Sherpa <laughs> any day. Clarissa Montero, podcast editor of the Business Times. Thank you. My pleasure. And I think your appraisal, you'll, you'll come off quite well. Yes. <laughs> We've been talking with Clarissa Montero, podcast editor of the Business Times. I'm Howie Lim for Editor's Talk. Join us next month for more insights from an insider's perspective of the media industry. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.